Is there a reason you do not wish to live with your uncle any more? Had Aunt Eunice told father of the countless mortifying punishments she'd had to administer because of Anthony's bad character? He would die if she had, but she'd promised not to if he swore to be better. So he'd sworn, and begged, and done whatever she asked, knowing he would never escape the Bickham household if father learned the full extent of his wicked nature. Anthony had initially been banished to his aunt's because, as father had said, a boy coddled by his mother needs a strict environment. Why should father change his mind just because Anthony was too wicked to benefit from it? He managed to shrug. Uncle Randolph's house isn't like here, that's all. I wish to be home with you. His father flashed him a thin smile. Sometimes you remind me so much of... The smile vanished. I'm sorry, lad. I do not think it wise for you to live at Norcourt Hall just now. You're better off with your aunt and uncle. Despair clutched at him. So he had another year of kneeling on the marble floor during long afternoons while Aunt Eunice read to him from Wesley's sermons. Another year of ice baths while she attempted to freeze his knotty urges into oblivion. Another year trapped for hours alone in the dark. No. Father, I promise to be good. You'll hardly know I'm here. I'll study hard and do as I'm told. I'll never say a word unless I'm bidden. Father laughed mirthlessly. I fear you are incapable of that, Anthony. Besides, it is not to do with goodness. I'm off to a friend's estate in the north to observe his new irrigation system, which I hope to implement here. I cannot take you with me, and I've no time to engage a tutor. Nor shall I leave you to the indifferent attentions of the servants. No, you must return to Telford until you can enter Eton at twelve, and that's an end to it. His father settled his spectacles atop his nose and returned to reading his newspaper, a signal that the discussion was over. In that moment, Anthony hated his father horribly, which only further proved his bad character. Yet he'd offered to be good, and it hadn't mattered. Father didn't care how hard Anthony tried. Father didn't care what Anthony did, so long as it was well away from Norcourt Hall. And the thought of returning to Telford to his aunt's, a sharp pang to Anthony's chest made tears start in his eyes. He suppressed them ruthlessly. He mustn't cry. He wasn't a little boy any more. He was nearly grown now, or would be very soon. He ought to be able to go to Eton if he wanted. He ought to be able to do as he pleased without everyone railing at him. And he did try to please his aunt and father. What good did it do? He still burst out with the wrong words all the time, and the bad boy in his breeches still got randy whenever he saw a pretty girl, so he still got punished. Fine. If he must suffer either way, he might as well give them something to punish him for. So when he left his father's study to find the attractive maidservant still outside, he didn't hide his admiring glance at her ample bosoms. She laughed. Master Dalton, you're incorrigible. Incorrigible. He liked the sound of that because he was, or would be from now on. That would show them. Yes, he said with a thrust of his chin, and don't you forget it. Then he strutted off, burying his conscience so deeply it would never trouble him again. Chapter One Dear Charlotte, I am glad you are finally giving greater responsibility to your teachers, instead of taking everything upon yourself. Miss Prescott, in particular, sounds like an asset, given her penchant for bookkeeping. I know how much you despise numbers. This way you can keep your hand in without having to submit to the tortures of doing sums. Your friend and cousin, Michael.
Miss Madeline Prescott stared at the sealed envelope for the fifth time that day. Refused was written across it in a bold hand. She couldn't believe it. Though she'd received no answer to her previous correspondence, she'd still hoped that Sir Humphrey Davy might one day read one of her letters. If they were being refused entirely, she hadn't the smallest hope of making her case in person to the famous chemist. Tears stung her eyes. Now what? She didn't know where to turn, and Papa got worse by the day. If she didn't find a solution soon. Ah, there you are, said Mrs. Charlotte Harris, owner and headmistress of Mrs. Harris's school for young ladies, as she entered the school's office. I thought I might find you here. Shoving the letter into her apron pocket, Madeline forced a smile. I'm still balancing the accounts. Mrs. Harris took a seat on the other side of the partner's desk, her red curls jiggling. I don't envy you. I am so grateful you took those duties.